Following Jesus in the present age is a perennial task. Join me, Ian Panth, biblical scholar and theologian, as I walk through the Christian scriptures and think theology out loud. If you want to dig deeper into the Bible or engage in God talk, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome. I invite you to listen in on my daily personal reflections as I follow the Robert Murray McShane Bible Reading Plan. You can find this plan on, for instance, BiblePlans.org. I'm recording these reflections, or daily devotions, to provide one example of how one individual reflects upon and reacts to Scripture. My hope is that in listening in on my personal reflections, you, the listener, will be encouraged in the development of your own daily Scripture reading habits and begin to hear, to hear the Spirit speaking to you through the Scripture. These reflections are not examples of deep exegesis and interpretation. For that, you can listen to my Slow Walk Through Revelation series or other podcasts that I produce. Rather, I'm inviting you to listen in on how my Spirit responds to the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit as He speaks to me through this daily habit. Feel free to join me twice daily as I divide the McShane family reading into morning and evening reflections. The secret readings I keep to myself. Also, feel free to simply listen to the scripture reading and spend time with the spirit and the text to form your own habit of listening to the spirit in the text. This evening's reading for July 24th is Acts chapter 11. I'm reading from Joel Anderson's translation of the New Testament, which you can find on Amazon.com. And so I will begin the reading of Acts chapter 11. The apostles, along with the brothers and sisters in Judea, heard that even the Gentiles received the word of God. So when Peter came to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision group discriminated against him, saying, You went to men who were foreskinned and ate with them? But Peter put everything in order for them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and I saw an ecstatic vision. Something like a great sheep came down to me, lowered out of heaven by its four corners. While staring at it, I looked and saw four-footed animals of the land, wild animals, reptiles, and birds of the heavens. I also heard a voice saying to me, Rise up, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Never, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever gone into my mouth. But the voice replied a second time out of heaven, What God has cleansed is not profane for you. Now this happened three times, and then everything was pulled up again into heaven. Look, at that moment, three men who were sent from Caesarea for me came up to the house where I was. Now the Spirit told me to go with them and not to discriminate. So I went, along with these six brothers, to the man's house. Then he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said, 
Send someone to Joppa and send for Simon, who is called Peter. He will speak the message to you by which you and your entire household will be saved. Then, while I was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just like on us in the beginning. Then I was reminded of what the Lord said when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, if God gave the same gift to them as he gave us when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, how would I be able to prevent God? They listened to these things and were silent. But then they glorified God and said, So God has given the repentance into life, even to the Gentiles? Now, those who, who were scattered because of the tribulation that began with Stephen went out as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. However, they didn't speak the word to anyone except to Jews. But among them were some Cyprian and Cyrenian men who went to Antioch and spoke to the Hellenists too sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The, land, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number came to the faith and returned to the Lord. Now word about them was heard by the ears of the church in Jerusalem, so they sent Barnabas to go to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced and encouraged everyone to remain in the purpose of their heart toward the Lord. Barnabas was a good man who was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas went out to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch. They were there an entire year meeting with the church and teaching many people. In fact, it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Now in those days, prophets would come down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, rose up and predicted through the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout the entire known world. This happened under Claudius. So the disciples sent to the brothers and sisters living in Judea as much as each one had the means. They did this by sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. I would buy the vocab cards because I knew I would get out of the habit with the, the busyness of all my courses of and work of you know right making my own so I would buy them and of course you get to the get to the one in Greek and on it on the Greek side it says uh, acrobustia or acrobustia and uh, you flip it over and it says uh, uncircumcised and I was like, well, wouldn't uncircumcised like in to negate something in Greek, you have you put an aw in front of in front of it and alpha so uh, instead of like theos, atheos like uh, from theist to atheist. So I was like, well, that doesn't mean that. So this the the next time we were in class and we were translating a, a section with uh, acrobostia in it, I just raised my hand and I said, I'm confused about sort of the etymology of, of, this, of this word. Um, I'm interested in, I'm always interested in like etymology, like if there's like some connection, because that actually helps me remember, remember the words too, if I can connect it to another word. And I'm like, well, this isn't the negation of the Greek word for circumcision 
so what is this word? And I remember our instructor, just like a brief kind of flash of uh, embarrassment, like just brief enough. And he's like, well, actually, that's like the, the Greek word for foreskin. And I'm like, then why aren't we translating it? foreskinned like why like the, those who have like something like those who have their foreskin you have the circumcised and the foreskinned and i'm like that is that's the word they were using that's the direct translation we have a word for it in english and it's this one of these things where there's this sort of sanitization of the language of the text and here is precisely where you want that kind of visceral response. I mean, to realize that the, the Jews of, of the Apostles' Day, the Jews of Jesus' Day, and I, this probably goes back quite a while in their history, referred to Gentiles as the foreskinned, the, the people with foreskins. And so it tells you like how much circumcision is tied to their their identity, the people of the circumcision that goes back to the Abrahamic covenant, right? And then this sort of vis visceral like ooh gross, they still have their foreskin. Uh <laughs> and even you know, there's a visceral reaction to that word. Uh, even in, in English, if you were just to throw that word into conversation. Uh, and it's like you, you get that sense of uh, an element of... I think the element of disgust at the Gentiles, their way of life and everything, and, again, it's, and it's also just in this, this word itself. And so... Yeah, any time you see that in any and the word uncircumcised in any translation, they are translating just the normal Greek word for foreskin. So, yeah, the, there's the circumcised and the foreskinned people. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy that Joel decided to translate it that way. And I, that's, to me, just the way it should be translated. There's, you don't have to make up a new word in order to uh, clean up the text for your reader. You, you just don't. I actually think that's a place where hey, let's, just, <laughs> let's just translate it. I mean, I, I don't know if... I haven't talked to anybody who's been on... Uh, about this particular thing to people who have been on Bible committees and I don't know if this ever gets brought up or if it's just so uh, common a translation now to translate it uncircumcised that they just leave it at that but you know that's uh, approximately 10 minutes on, just on foreskin right now so that's probably enough of that but yeah it just goes back to that notion that we we uh, translators sometimes sanitize the text and of course the issue is precisely that you know peter 
had a visceral reaction like he's the the dream the vision itself that he's having and then he relates to the people was a visceral reaction right you're being asked he's being asked to eat foods that culturally he has been taught not to eat and it's not hard to imagine that he's having a visceral reaction to some of the things that God is showing him and saying take up and eat so just imagine I don't know most of us have watched food shows or uh, I, I uh, like to wa like to watch Survivor and one of my favorite things was the when they would bring out uh, local local foods that were to the Western palate uh, hard literally hard to swallow um, some of them would be considered delicacies but you could just imagine going to another culture and a common food well, I, I mean, a good example would be uh, if uh, God sent most of us in the Western world a vision of eating a dog, right? Dogs are our pets and family members, but in some cultures, one can get meat from dogs and, uh, and you, you could eat them. And if you go to that country, um, somebody might serve you dog as the best meat they have depending on the culture um, they may be offering you their their best food and and so that's the kind of like sort of visceral reaction that I suspect Peter's having here which also indicates the visceral response to being asked to include the Gentiles uh, who also just in the the cultural history these are viewed as their oppressive oppressors their their foreigners controlling the land and have been for uh hundreds of years with a brief brief respite under the maccabeans right so but the maccabeans are the ones who uh in a sense uh invite the Romans into the area because the Romans are the ones that help are going to help them deal with the Greeks um, so yeah you, you have this hard reaction to inviting the Gentiles in but uh, Peter and then Paul after this is uh, this is going to be a big part of who they are uh, and the broadening of the views of the kingdom and the, this truly new kingdom vision that m makes uh, for Paul's language Jew and Gentile together like if we don't have that if we're not uniting all of humanity and that and that does in their terminology encompass all of humanity it's Jews and everybody else uh, if we're not sitting and eating at table together uh, in peace then we're undermining the kingdom or the new kingdom hasn't come so yeah this is part of what is going on in in peter's vision and again it's you know that they received the holy spirit so am i going to argue with god right like am i going to stop god from doing what he wanted to do 
then I was reminded of the Lord, what the Lord said when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if God gave the, the same gift to them as he gave us when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, how would I be able to prevent God? They listened to these things and were silent, but then they glorified God and said, so God has given repentance into life even to the Gentiles. So again, it's evidence of the Holy Spirit and they trust Peter and the other people that were with him that this, that this happened. So uh, I think yesterday I spoke about how significant and important it is that we watch for the Holy Spirit's action um, and we don't fight against the Holy Spirit because frankly we're not going to be able to prevent it. So if there's uh, people that your culture, um, even and here, your morale, your your moral assessment, because Gentile and sinner, just like Gentile and foreskinned, were uh, pretty much synonymous. That people outside um, the the Jewish uh, culture and ethnic group were sinners. Uh, and if they weren't uh, circumcised, they were foreskinned. So that's something that we continue to have to be aware of as Christians, that God isn't, God isn't bound by our customs and our uh, perspective on morality. God might invite, you know, the, the enabler of violent persecution of the church to be a member of the community eventually, that is, Paul. And, you, you know, you should see a change of ways. Um, and he will also invite people that were like, oh, I don't think that group of people were someone that God would allow in his kingdom. Well, the Holy Spirit's on them. And you will see change but they might that change might not be conf total conformity to your or our cultural uh, perspectives and our mores and our our rules of living and what we perceive as being like real legitimate Christian um, and that's one of the issues that's going to come up right how much do the Gentiles have to conform to those things that you know God had commanded under the other covenants circumcision sabbath and food laws and it's probably no accident that uh jesus uses uh uh the clean cleanliness the food laws here to to show peter a new way if you go to um, mark chapter 7 it's probably in the other gospels too but i just don't know the exact references so mark chapter 7 i'm it seemed very much like just as he's quoting Luke's quoting Jesus here that in the previous uh, chapter and again a repetition of the vision here that um, Luke seems to have in mind the saying of Jesus which is uh, it's not what uh, goes into a human being that defiles him it's what comes out of him so the problem 
sin arises in the heart. And in this, in Mark chapter 7, Jesus declares all foods clean. So Jesus was already pointing toward a, a doing away with uh, some of the Levitical food laws and the adaptations of those food laws that uh, had developed in Israel's culture and saying in the new covenant uh, we're not going to worry about being defiled by the things we eat what we're going to focus on is uh, circumcising our hearts <laughs> removing the foreskin the hardened foreskin of your heart and or the and that rock hard heart and putting in a heart of flesh and and doing an, a cleanse from the inside out rather than being worried about being defiled from the outside which of course is then what what uh, Peter had said to Cornelius in the previous chapter that I you know I, I don't even eat with Gentiles well that's part of cleanliness right that remember Jesus is in trouble for eating with uh, sinners and tax collectors it's because if you the the understanding was if you ate with the wrong people so if you ate with Gentiles you were defiled and pro probably they're serving food that you you saw as unclean that was unclean under Levitical rules but under the new covenant Jesus is saying that that's not uh, the way things are going to go going forward in the new kingdom you, you I want you to eat with Gentiles I want you to open up to eating other foods and it's it's because when people eat together in peace that is a real sign of uh, peace in the community right so um, imagine the most joyful family reunion or, or Thanksgiving dinner uh, which is a sign of real peace if there's not peace in the community uh, either you don't get together at all or that's where the the arguments break out or uh, you sit in silence right so um, yeah eating peacefully together so that that theme is going to come up throughout scripture the whole eating together uh, Jew and Gentile eating together rich and poor that's already come up a little bit in terms of the the Hebrews and the Hellenists uh, and uh, food food distribution or uh, alms distribution right it's like make sure everybody is treated the same way regardless of where they're from and now that's being externalized being outside the Jewish community and it's like you're gonna do the same thing with Gentiles and this movement is is seeing that the church expand and part of that is that that early um, after Stephen is murdered then um, some of the groups spread out into Gentile territories and there's a certain sense in scripture where um, that spreading out 
uh, even in even in the Old Testament, the the diaspora, although most of the people were longing to come back, uh, the Ezekiel says, "Seek the good of the city that you're in," and that persecution leads people to move out, and and then they have to engage with different communities, and so the word spreads faster. So the very thing that people that those who are persecuting and again it's like at this point it's small groups those are persecuting think that they're trying to put a stop to it but remember the one of the prophecies early in the book given by not uh, uh, someone who's not on board with the early christians he's basically you know let this thing alone if it's not from god it's going to die off anyway um and if it's from god you're going to be um fighting against God and you know you can look at previous examples and their movements died out and so now uh, one of the things that Luke seems to be showing is that the very act of persecuting the early Christians actually uh, has the effect of spreading the gospel faster because the early Christians are forced to spread out but that means they encounter other other people and they're in a way they're able to spread the word faster so uh god's god's purposes aren't thwarted uh, by those and are actually enhanced by those who are doing the who are making the most attempt to end the group and silence them so yeah that's another kind of theme that gets picked up throughout this and uh, something else we should recall as well um, as we consider uh, Christians' relationship with, with the world and our relationship with uh, other groups that we don't necessarily uh, agree with, how we interact with them. And again, watching for uh, the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is already doing in the world um, apart from us. Because really, as followers of Jesus we are looking for those places and coming along and joining in what he's already doing uh, it's not totally dependent on our actions he's going to do what he's going to do and we are invited to join in um, and rather than you know try to stop him from doing new stuff as as we have seen peter done peter do in his story so yeah those are my thoughts today on Acts chapter 11. Thanks for joining me and I'll do another uh, morning reflection tomorrow. So Acts chapter 11 continues the uh, realization of the early Christian community that the that uh, Jesus has the intention of opening up uh, the kingdom of God to the Gentiles and receiving them in uh, and I, I has in reading this uh, I am reminded of a something I mentioned uh, maybe a week ago as we read uh, for the morning reading the uh, judges chapter 3 uh, the story of Ehud and him killing a, a King Eglon and Joel's translation of Eglon uh, relieving him 
itself, uh, using a colorful metaphor to quote uh, Spock or uh, a uh, expletive uh, to refer to Eglon's relieving himself. Uh, here, again, uh, was a, is a pet peeve of mine where the uh, translators sanitize the text, make it more palatable to us, precisely at a point where it would be helpful if it wasn't palatable to us, because then we would have a, a little bit more of that uh, visceral reaction that the Jews are having when Paul and Peter are end up bringing Gentiles into the community. And so you, I, you probably reacted to this, especially if you're reading along in any other translation other than this one. And I'm 95% positive that Joel's translation here uh, comes out of conversations that he and I had over the years uh, because I, he wasn't in the same Greek class that I was, but I remember the Greek class where I was like, wait a minute what's that word in greek that doesn't mean that doesn't seem to translate directly to this so let me let me go right back to the beginning and see if you can pick up which word that i'm referring to the apostles along with the brothers and sisters in judea heard that even the gentiles received the word of god so when peter came to jerusalem those of the circumcision group discriminated against him saying you went to men who were foreskinned and ate with them but Peter put everything in order for them, saying, dot, dot, dot. So, uh, foreskinned. Every other translation is going to put uncircumcised. So it's a little more palatable. But there's no such word as uncircumcised. I mean, even when you think about it, it's, it's like the action, even here, it's like the circumcised. Well, circumcision is the removal of the foreskin. So the opposite of being circumcised isn't being uncircumcised, which was, you know, there is a surgery that was done, um, may still, it's probably still done today to remove the marks of circumcision, but was done in the, uh, during the Greek, uh, under the Greek empire, some Jews went uh, had a surgery to make themselves look like they weren't circumcised anymore. But the word here is foreskin. Thank you for joining me for this evening's personal reflection as I follow through Robert Murray McShane's Bible reading plan which can be found on, uh, for instance, BiblePlans.org. If you have found this helpful, encouraging, uh, have you found it a, a way to begin to form your own habit of daily Bible reading and to give you an idea of the just one person's way of reflecting on Scripture, then don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications uh, the readings and reflections will be posted twice daily a morning and an evening the morning probably around eight o'clock and the evening uh, i'll try to post for around five o'clock
but you know find that space and time whether it's while you're driving uh, to work or riding the bus or uh, for me a lot of what I do is while I'm walking the dogs and uh, yeah just try to form your own daily habit and daily practice so I hope you find this helpful uh, again subscribe and select notifications so that you're informed of future podcasts thank you for joining me today on this episode of Starcross kingdoms if you like this content well you probably already know what to do like subscribe and please share also feel free to send in your questions just keep them friendly and conversational and that way i'll be far more likely to respond to them until next time grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ Thank you.